Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. So I'm delighted today to have um, Shelley F. Knight with me. Shelley was a registered nurse, a clinical, and is a clinical hypnotherapist and writer who provides an eclectic blend of clinical and spiritual expertise in her specialist subjects of positive change and end of life. Um, Shelley, it's lovely to have you with us here today. Hi. Very much. Good morning. It's really, really lovely to have you here. So, um, Shelley, you've got a first-class degree in adult nursing and a plethora of holistic qualifications. How do you use this to help people? So my background is nursing, and it was the crazy medical world to start with before I moved into palliative care. And it's where my passion was, the palliative care, the care of the dying, and I love that. But as I had my own life challenges, shall we say, I knew there was more to life than practical nursing. So I started to try new things like energy healing, dream therapy, color therapy, the chakras. And then I just come to blend them. So sort of mm. like the body and the mind all together. And that must work so brilliantly together because I love all the sort of spiritual practices and alternative practices. But sometimes you do need something medical. You do need something nursing, if only for your peace of mind and your loved one's peace of mind. So I can imagine that that sort of works together brilliantly. Um, and I love it when, when clinically trained people do combine these because I know lots of doctors that do this now. Um, have you ever heard of, of Dr. Rangon Chatterjee? No. Okay, so he, he did a, a TV program called Doctor in the House, but he, um, he's also written a few books, and he is a medical GP. He works up in Manchester, but he now trains other GPs to take more holistic things into account as well when they're treating people. What, what brought this change on for you? What exactly sort of made you think you wanted to be able to offer people more? I think it has to come from working with the dying. It's a really beautiful place to be. I know people think it's great sadness, but it's also full of great wisdom. Mm. From that, when you can't do anything else medically, you still need to do something for that patient and the family that's left behind. And so that's when you know the power of talk, of touch, and things like that start to come in. Just the ability to calm people with a hypnotic voice. Yes. Like sense around them or music. You know, when the medical model no longer works, there's other things that can be used. Yeah, and I think that's beautiful. I think that's such a lovely thing. Um, so you're the author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book. That sounds interesting. Tell us more about that. So the book came about, as I would say to people, I haven't had the easiest life, but it was just like one curveball too many. And it was after a really difficult time in our life back in 2013 to 2014. And it was a real semicolon kind of challenge. Like, do I stop and give up or do I carry on? Yeah. And I'm still here. <laughs> but it sort of uh, provided me one of those light bulb moments about how resilient we are. People often say, I don't know where you found the strength. But when you're in these life-changing events, you don't know any other way. Yeah. I overcame the challenge, but then thought I wanted to let people know that life goes on. Yeah. So I wrote this self-kick book. It's quite straight talking with warped nursing humour. And it's just about resilience tools, sort of forgiving the bullying, moving on from the past, and just ways to embrace self-care, self-forgiveness, 
and move forward like don't let the dreams just become like that dream that never comes yes yes no that all sounds sounds like it's a brilliant book um, all the things that I believe in we do I don't think anyone's life is without challenges is it no, not and really. it's how you react to it. I think it was, um, oh gosh, what's the name of the guy? There's another sort of self-help guru guy and he wrote a book and he said, you know, there are, there's an equation in life. A challenge hits you. So he would say an event E plus R equals O, which is the event plus your reaction to, to determines the outcome. And I think that's so true, isn't it? You get people who have some sort of major challenge in their life. And, and I don't want to say wallow in self-pity, but it is a bit like that where they can't overcome it. And for years and years and years, they keep reflecting on that one event in their life instead of focusing on, okay, that's happened. What can I learn from it and how can I move on? Yeah, absolutely. Like we do have these chapters in our life story, yeah. but it's when you allow that one chapter to become your entire life story and define who you are. And I yeah. don't, the past does shape you sometimes into who you are, but I don't think it should define the way forward. No, no. And hopefully in many cases it can shape you for the better because you will learn something from that. Yeah, I think there is a lesson in everything, even though we don't always know the lesson at the time. No, we definitely don't know the lesson at the time. <laughs> yes, eventually it will become clearer to you. That's Well, that sounds a brilliant book. Maybe, um, um, I'm not sure when we'll put this podcast out, but it could be a late Christmas present for someone if, um, if they have someone in their life who may need that. Now, you're also a freelance writer for international magazines. Where might we find some of your articles? So I've written articles for Elephant Journal and one of those is about the regrets of the dying from my nursing days. Yes. So Elephant Journal, uh, Sivana East, there was one there about fears and friendships, Thrive Global, The Edge, and I featured in Spirit and Destiny, which is a UK magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah. It must be fascinating. I mean, I've, I have been with people who have died, you know, relatives who have died, um, but usually at the time that by the time I get to them, they've gone into hospital for whatever reason suddenly, and they've sort of slipped into a semi semi conscious and can't talk anymore. But it must be fascinating to be able to talk to someone who's at that end of life to hear what they say. It is. Yeah. I went into palliative care for quite a strange reason, Jill, actually. Yeah. My stepdad died suddenly in 2015. And at the time, I was nursing on the ward when I got the call. So I worked in acute medicine. So it's like a slightly calmer version of A&E. And I was working there when my mum phoned to say that dad had died. And as part of my healing, if you will, because it was a sudden death, I then went into palliative care where people have the time to talk before they die just yeah. to kind of learn what did I miss? What could I have done differently? All the questions that come up with a sudden death, be it sort of heart attack, murder, suicide. Yes. There's no answers. And so that's how I come to be in palliative care. Mm. Because I wanted to know what it's like at the end of life. What do people say? What do we regret in life? Yeah. And is there a common theme running through? I mean, you quite often read this, don't you, that... Um, there is sort of a common theme that people always wish they'd worked less, that they'd spent more time with their families. Do you find those sort of common themes tend to come through? They absolutely do. Mm. They, 
I think they're really sad, but I do try and live my life better having had the words bestowed upon me. Yeah. But it is, they wish they'd allow themselves to be happier, which I find really oh, sad. Oh, yes. But I know it happens. They wish they'd allow themselves to be happier. So some of it's generational when we used to inherit family businesses when you marry yeah. a girl. In um, but yeah, allowing yourself to be happier, working less, speaking your truth. You know, people always bite their tongue. <gasps> Yeah. And it's just like, just speak your truth. Don't keep yeah. it within you. Yeah. Connection with another one. They wish they'd connected more to people. And even like community and society or, I don't know, God or spirituality, the connection more than just work. Yeah. Do you know, the happiness one is such a huge thing. And um, there's another great book I'm, I'm always reading, just in case you can't tell. But there's a great, <laughs> there's a great book by Sean Aker called The Happiness Advantage. And in that, he says that happiness comes from within. And the yeah. only person who can make you happy is you. You can't rely on external factors. And that's so key, isn't it? That you do need to allow yourself to be happy and find ways to be happy. There's a great TED Talk for anyone who, I, I've mentioned this on air so many times, but there's an amazing TED Talk by Sean Aker. And it's S-A, I think he's S-H-A-U-N-A-C-H-O-R. But if you actually just Google TED Talk Happiness Advantage, you'll get his TED Talk. It's very entertaining, very funny, and, uh, you know, brilliant. He's, he's a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. Oh, well, anyway, enough about me and, and my things. But you have got a new book coming out. I have. And, uh, and it talks all about um, end of life and death from, from both your nursing and spiritual perspective. Now, I realize you can't say too much about this book at the moment, but is there any sort of little insight that you can give us to that? I can try. Let me be subtle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's about life and death and everything thereafter really so it draws on my nursing days my observations so for my clinical hypnotherapy I did past life regressions mm. and that's people going into their past life but also their past deaths what happens at the end of the life so it's a mix of the medical nursing the slightly more kooky spirituality regression and just my observations as a daughter granddaughter having nurse family and what they speak of at the end of our days and just yeah. bringing it all together because I think I think people need reassurance that at the end of our life or at the end of someone's life life goes on and that's one mm. of my branding which I know sounds harsh that life goes on and I know the fact that life goes on is often the most painful part isn't it for those left behind yeah but I believe that there's more to the to us than the physical body yeah oh yes race logical nursery but then reassuring that we're more than just the physical body you know life goes on for those who have died whether you believe absolutely in whatever you want to call it yes yes no i'm <laughs> i'm with you all the way on that one um yes. life does go on and i think because i lost four close members of my family over a space of four years very very quickly and the thing that kept me going through all of that was to know that we are a spiritual being having a human life. So we're borrowing this body for the time that we're here and that, you know, life goes on. We, we're a spiritual being. We go back into the spirit world and we can go down. And I know that's very woo-woo for some people. But I, I think if you have beliefs like that, it can help you so much when you do lose people who are very, very close to you. So, well, I shall watch out for that book. That sounds fascinating. 
Um, we are running out of time, but maybe we can touch quickly. I know you're launching a podcast in, in around spring 2020. Um, tell us a little bit about that, what that's about. So that's kind of a mixture. It's going to be Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. So it breaks down themes from my first book. So it's like happiness, the search for self, search for happiness, from fear to faith and things like that. But then it's starting to bring in my second book because I do speak really openly about death. And this is yeah. my kind of life mission, Jill, to get people to openly speak about death and dying. You know, that it's the only guarantee we have in life, our only certainty. But people think if we don't talk about it, it won't happen. Yeah. And so whilst I'm doing spirituality, positive changes, I do drop the D word in there quite a lot. <laughs> Just to try and encourage people you know, because we have mini deaths all the time in life, like losing a job or a relationship or mm. health or finances. And it's, it's all brief as far as I see it. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it's, well, yeah. Yeah. Right. Merging the books together, helping people to move on, whether it's a loss of a way of life or a loss of a life, but through podcasting. Brilliant. And podcasts are so popular now. I have two young adults who've just flown out here um, to join me for Christmas, um, a daughter of 19 and a son of 23. And they're both often listening to podcasts. I think you can learn so much and they're things that you can listen to. Well, you know, if you're doing your cleaning or whatever, or you're ironing, it's so boring. There's nothing better. I love to put on a podcast or um, an audio book or something like that. So I think that should be very, very successful for you. How can people find out about the launch of that? So they can follow me on Facebook, which is Shelley F. Knight, or they go to my website, Shelley F. Knight dot com they can see a section which says subscribe and if they subscribe to my newsletter it's about monthly at the moment i'll keep them up to date with all the progress we're making okay (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) well we'll link to both of those um when we post up your podcast after it's after it's been um broadcast live which will be fantastic. And I guess for contacting you and finding out more about you, the website, the shellyfnight.com is the place to go. Yes, yes. Or reach out to me on Facebook, even yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Oh, Shelly, thank you so much for talking to us today. That was brilliant. And I think it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. And I wish you every, every luck for the future. Bless you. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. Thank you. That was Shelley F. Knight talking to us today about her books and her work and her future podcast. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters.